Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. It's us. We're back. It's Some Families Season 2. Woohoo! We are back and we are so happy to be back in your ear holes and we hope that you have missed us as much as we have missed you. And I've missed you, Stu. Oh, Lottie, I've missed you. And to be honest, I still do because we had a brief reunion for our mm. Christmas special where I actually got to see you in real life, IRL. And now we're back on Zoom and we are back here, but never fear, we are just as queer and fun and have lots to talk about. We do. We've got an amazing season coming up, actually. We've got some incredible stories. And as a journalist, if there's one thing I love, it's a good story. We've also got some amazing segments coming up as well that we're going to be introducing, Lottie, Mm -hmm. some new fun things. Um, For example, we're going to be sharing some problems because after all, a problem shared is... A problem that you've then burdened the other person with as well. Yes, that is true. But some might say it is a problem halved. But anyway... And and they're not going to be our problems because of which we we have many and we tend to talk about when we're not recording um, on our little WhatsApp group. But your problems, listener, um, we will be answering all of your queries and family dilemmas and etiquette questions and whatever the heck you want to ask us about, we are here for you. We are effectively your agony, gay agony aunt and uncle. So... Mm -hmm. Make sure you drop us a line, DM us on socials, email us, um, details are in the show notes, because we can't wait to hear from you. We also have a new segment, uh, which is called Show and Tell. So in this segment, um, we'll be bringing something to the classroom that is our little Sam Families Forum, and we will be talking about it. So it might be a book, a TV show, a film, another podcast, somebody's Instagram, something that's happened in the news or things that positively represent LGBTQ plus families and all the community at large. And every so often, Lottie, I think we Mm. may be indulging in a little parent's ruin as well. It's something I wanted to bring to the show because you know I like a little tipple here, now and there and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll be sharing not mother's ruin, but a little bit of parent's ruin as well every so often. Yes, our gender neutral 
alcoholic beverages of choice. So if you want to have a bit of a show and tell. Or if you want to halve one of your problems. Then for goodness sake, get in touch with us. And for those that may be listening for the very, very first time, welcome to Some Families. We are the LGBTQ plus parenting podcast for queer families everywhere. So welcome. And also for interested straight cis or however else you might identify that isn't queer people as well. I think that this season has got so much for everyone and that you can't help but be but interested in these um, brilliant stories that we'll be sharing with you this season. So I'd like to extend a special welcome to our heterosexual listeners. Hello. So I am Lottie Jeffs. I am a other mother to a very rambunctious two and a half year old girl. My wife was pregnant and gave birth and she, we did IUI and it worked first bloody time for her. She's so unusual, but um, miraculous and wonderful. And we live together in London and I'm a journalist and a writer and now a podcaster. So my name is Stu Oakley, for those that don't know me. I am a gay queer dad. I am married to my husband, John, and we have three beautiful children via adoption. And that, listener, is pretty much all you need to know about me. So Stu, quick update from the Oakley household. How have you been over the last six months (laughs) to a year? Well... Well, listener, there is some bit of news I wanted to share. And Lottie, I'm going to show you something that I got in the post, actually. Mm-hmm. Stu is holding up an adoption order. Ah, oh. It came through. Our little boy is now officially an Oakley after waiting for... God, it felt like a lifetime, especially over the last year in lockdown. Um, It finally happened, long delayed, um, court date was pushed back multiple times, but it finally happened and he is now officially an Oakley, which we are so happy with. I'm so happy happy. for you. That must feel so nice to just have that peace of mind and security. It really is. It really... Oh, it's just it's just a weight off of our mind, really, because even though we knew things were going in the way that we knew they were going to go, not having the adoption order and not having it official does add just an element of stress. And also, you know, constant social, you know, social worker visits and, you know, having to do things medically that you don't normally have to do unless you're looking after a looked after child. So just it's it was a huge weight off of our mind and. Yeah, it was just really lovely. And, and being locked down, we couldn't really celebrate. So we, uh, but we did celebrate by opening a big bottle of champagne and having a McDonald's. I mean, oh, I remember luxury. seeing your Instagram picture. That looks like the dream. Um, I was just. And um, how are you? How are you? Or did I you have a question? I just had one follow up question for you. So once you've adopted and you've got your adoption order, how um, much do you have visits from social workers? Do they remain in your life throughout the whole? None, which is great, but also uh, they are always there if you want support. So whilst they're not there uh, really to 
check up on you i suppose in a way anymore mm-hmm. they are there if you need support and they're there if you need especially through the agency that we went through you know they offer seminars training courses they're doing some stuff with kids in lockdown that you can take part in therapeutic play okay. like so much support that is always there so they're out of your lives in the sense of you invite them in should you need to and should you want to got it okay that sounds good and how are you? How has everything been? How have you been coping in lockdown? I think I've been doing okay. I mean, our daughter is of an age where we don't need to be homeschooling her. We just need to be taking care of her every day. So that's a relief. Um, I've, since we last met, got made redundant from one job, got another job. <laughs> so I'm back at L Magazine now, um, just doing some maternity cover, actually, or as I like to call it, parental leave cover. Um, nice to as features editor there so that's really good fun and really really enjoying it and enjoying having some structure in my days again and doing something that I'm absolutely passionate about and love and the team at Elle are all very um open-minded and diverse and interesting and cool and I'm sure um we'll be doing some interesting stuff together um on the parenting front I mean just getting through every day pretty much Mm -hmm. really want to have another kid it's not been working as easily as it did for our first child maybe because we're a bit older or um I don't know just luck of the draw really so that's an ongoing uh conversation and expense as anyone else in my situation will um be able to relate to but But I figure that's the that's that's more the norm you know Mm -hmm. that's something that you know we've both experienced on this podcast right is that you know, the, getting pregnant on your first attempt or in your first round of things is is really a rarity. And it a is. lot of people go through. And so that's now something you're experiencing. Yeah. And because m- my wife got pregnant first time, it just, um, I didn't realise what a miracle that was at the time. You know, like, we were just like, oh, great. Yeah, did that. And that worked. Just one round of IUI, then no drugs or anything. So it does kind of give you, and I, funnily enough, I know another two lesbian couples, all of whom it worked first time for IUI. So it does kind of give you a bit of a skewed idea of um, how easy it is, but it's it's really hard and mm. it, it is expensive. Um, but you know, it'll happen by hook or by crook, I'm sure, because we'd love to expand our family. And I think if you want something hard enough, you can pretty much get it so you can yeah. and and also as you've experienced there's lots of different options right as well, well exactly. so... and this podcast has opened my mind so much to all of those options and i'm so grateful for that and also it's just so nice to feel part of a community of people going through similar things and i've taken a lot of um solace and information and advice from just getting in touch with some of the people that we've interviewed on the show and sharing experiences so And so here is a cheers to season two. Cheers. Lo and behold, we both got pregnant. I mean, I was six months pregnant and still didn't believe it. We're in a same-sex couple. We got pregnant through IUI. We're both pregnant. It was amazing being pregnant together. It was just another bonding experience for our relationship. I'm excited about um, our episode today. 
we're going to be talking to a brilliant woman called Sandeep. I'm not going to tell you too much now, but trust me when I say you have got to listen to her story. So we're speaking to Sandeep, who is a lesbian mum of two. They were both pregnant at the same time. Yeah, they both had their baby on the same day. So Sandeep, welcome to Some Families. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Hong Kong this morning. Maybe you could just start at the very beginning and tell us how you met your lovely partner, Jenny. That beginning, okay. Jenny and I started working together back in 2013. Just really good friends, just always hanging out together. It was my first serious relationship with her, with a girl actually. I couldn't talk to my tell my family about it so I just thought it was going to be a fling and then just see where it goes and if it fizzles out it fizzles out and I mean we were three years into the relationship it was a long taking a long time to fizzle out (laughs) and so then I plucked up the courage to tell my mum and that was back in 2016 and that was a really 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 hard hard time to tell her but my mum's been so supportive now I think when I first initially told her that I want to settle down with Jenny, I want to have a family with her. My mum just didn't get it. Um, my mum comes from a very traditional background. And once I showed her that this was something serious and it's not just a fling and I'm really wanting to settle down and start my family. I suppose she was mourning a life that she had planned for me, that she had envisioned, that I would, who I'd be getting married to, who I'd be starting a family with, where I'd be living. Because even Hong Kong was only meant to be a year and I've been here for 10. Over the years, she came around to it and she's accepted Jenny with all her heart and love and welcomed into the family. And then 2018, Jenny and I were like, should we start a family? I'm like, all right, how do we do that? Because honestly, we had no clue. A couple of people told us about some groups on Facebook and found out that it's a really long process. Loads of fails, you could be successful, you could not be finding a donor. That was in 2018 and then 2019, we went to a clinic in London and we decided to go the natural IUI route and all this time Jenny was going to get pregnant first. The doctor said, all right, we'll try IUI, keep tracking your periods and now look for a donor, that's the most important thing. Jenny and I are an interracial couple, Jenny's Caucasian and I'm Indian, so we wanted a donor who was half Indian and half Caucasian too. There's not that many. We found two people. We found one who was actually half Indian, half white, but our second criteria didn't really meet. We want someone who studied a lot, went to school, went to university. That was our second criteria, and he hadn't. And then the donor that we decided, his mum is half Indian and half Mexican, and his father is German. And I was like backwards and forwards. I was like, oh, but it's not half Indian, and it's really important. We're like, if we're not going to do it now, it's going to take another couple of years, so let's just go for it. So we decided to go with that donor, shipped his sperm, three vials of it, to London. Still, Jenny was going to get pregnant first. Then I was reading more about how unsuccessful it was for IUI. And this Facebook group that I followed, a lot, I heard a lot of horror stories on there. And Jenny and I only have one shot a year, because that's when we can fly to London in the summer. That's when we've got the most time. So... Summer comes, August comes. Okay, Jenny, just up our chances. Let's both of us get pregnant. And if we're both pregnant, let's... Great. If we're not, then that's fine. And if one of us, great. Then we'll try in a couple of years. Lo and behold, we both got pregnant. 
Whoa! <laughs> we both got pregnant. Crazy. Yeah. What was it like the moment you found out? Like when you both found out you were pregnant? Didn't believe it. I mean, I was six months pregnant and still didn't believe it. I think I just kept fearing the worst. I didn't want to get my hopes up and have loads of expectations. And if something was to happen, then I'm just going to feel crushed. Did you find out at the same time? No, Jenny got inseminated a week before I did. Then a week later, I um, got inseminated. But 2019 was a crazy year because Jenny and I also got married in the beginning of August. So we were planning the wedding, we were planning to have a baby and we were planning to move. Wow, thank goodness 2020 has been so easy and just (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Sandeep, I've got so many questions for you now from that amazing, amazing story. What took you to Hong Kong in the first place and and what, what do you do there? I just graduated in 20, in 2009 and I'd gone to America to work in New York with disadvantaged children and I did that for six months. That's the first time I've like been away from home. I didn't have a very broad upbringing, it was very sheltered because the only travelling I've ever experienced is going to India with like 10 suitcases for just two people. And that's my mum just packing so much stuff and we're going to India. I'm like, okay, I grew up in the West. Let me try and see what I can do past India. Closing down my university account, uh, email account, and they were the ones who recommended New York to me. They're like, oh, you went to New York. Would you like to try Hong Kong? I don't know anything about Hong Kong. Nothing. Diddly squat. So I was like, sure, let's try it. Came here for nine months as a fun English teacher that has no responsibilities and duties, basically. And I did it for nine months. I loved it so much. And ten years later, I've done a master's, I've done a PGDE here, and I've worked my way up. And I'm a a full-fledged native English teacher. That's my full title here. Being a teacher in in Hong Kong and seeing how the children get on in schools over there, was that that also a driving force for wanting to raise children in Hong Kong? Yes and no, to be honest. The education system here is so tough and the kids work, study so hard. It's really tough being a kid in Hong Kong. As I've lived here for longer, I've got to get to know other expats with families and learnt that there's an international school system that follows the UK system, so kids would not be bogged down so much. There'll be a lot more freedom if we save up financially to send them to an international school and they can grow up in this city and not have so much school and study pressure. Once I learned that, I was like, yeah, we could have a family here. And what's it like in terms of being a same-sex fam- parents with parents. kids in Hong Kong? How Have you met other queer families? Do you mm. feel welcomed in, in everywhere you go? We haven't met any other queer families or parents. I don't think people know we exist. So if Jenny and I were to take Saren and Rowan out, Nobody would look at us like we're a, a same-sex couple with a family. They'll just think, oh, there's two friends. The majority of the time, they'll think they're both the kids are Jenny's and I'm her help. I've just learned to deal with it. And it's just like, yeah, this is going to happen. Because on the flip side, no one gives us any aggro. No one bothers us. No one's throwing eggs at us. No one would, would to ever 
make me feel uncomfortable or make Jenny feel uncomfortable. So that's the other side to it, really. Have you thought about how that's going to affect things potentially in the future when when the boys are at school? And is, is that something you'd like to move closer to that kind of expat community or stay where you are? I think we will still stay here, but we have the luxury with Hong Kong being so small. So we would send them to international playgroups, kindergartens, and they are a, a fair way, but we can do it. We can still live here and put them in a taxi with our helpers and they'll go to play group with other international school kids. So we do have that luxury in Hong Kong. Can you talk a little bit more about the decision? Because obviously that's a, and you were talking about, it's a big decision to come back to London. You're only having one opportunity a year, really, to have a go, which, I mean, <laughs> you both were incredibly lucky the first time. Did you look into... IUI and donors in Hong Kong. For us, London was the only option. We just heard that it was a hard process. The foundations, let's say, are not in place for an LGBT family to start a family here. We could have done it, but it would have taken maybe double the time, whereas when we did it in London from our first appointment in January 2019 to our insemination in August, that's eight months and it was all done and dusted. We wanted the customer service that the UK mm. provides. I want my hand held and I want those bedside manners and I want to be told, hey, it's great. Whereas here, they are just getting their work done. They've got no time to like have a chat with you, talk to you about anything. I suppose we've been spoiled by um, how great the service we get from our NHS and how nice the doctors and nurses are that we wanted something like that. We wanted someone to get our situation, to be honest. And mm. London was our our option. So did you have the babies in London? No, we had the babies here. We got pregnant and we're like, okay, we are going to deliver in a public hospital. And you do have to pay for the public system here, but it's it's not extortion at all. So we had three appointments and when you register there, they don't tell you anything. A week later, Jenny went to register at the public hospital. I said, Jenny, don't leave until they tell you what these three appointments are about. One was our 12-week scan, so they'll check baby. The second one was a breastfeeding seminar. And the third one, I forgot what that was about. So if we were to go through the public system, you would only have one scan at 12 weeks and that's it. So we were doing it and I was like, Jenny, I don't know, I feel a bit uncomfortable going to the public hospital because they kept asking about our husband. They were like, okay, we're registering. Can we have your husband's passport or ID card? And we're like, oh no, we don't really, we don't, we don't want to give that. And to them, oh, they, they so thought... So you didn't even say, you wouldn't have said that you were... No, because we were... I think we were scared that they would... There might be some problems because we did it through IUI. And we just didn't want to rock the boat. We were just like, let's just give them the information that they need, nothing extra. So they asked me, I'm like, oh, no, um, I just kind of like brushed it off. I was like, oh, no, we don't want to give the, um, my husband's details. I had to say that. And she was like, okay, uh, do you want this baby? And I'm like, yes. They're like, but you don't want your husband to know. I'm like, no, no, no. no. And then that, they were just like, oh, okay. And she was probably thinking, maybe they think you had a, an affair and this baby is not your husband's. Then I went to the breastfeeding seminar and they just shove breastfeeding down your throat. And they're very big on it here. You are a demon if you do not breastfeed your child. And that kind of made me feel a bit icky. I was like, I don't, if I do or don't want to breastfeed, that's my choice. 
and mm. the hospital just has these posters everywhere where it's like man helping wife with breastfeeding and then man gets an applause because he helped his wife and then it's like dads make sure you support your wives when they're breastfeeding and do some of the household chores one why are we telling the men to do this and why are they getting a round of applause for just doing it they should just do it anyway so we made the decision once coronavirus hit here in january we we're like okay we are not going to give birth in the public hospital let's go the private hospital route so we did the private hospital route and because we did the private hospital route, we were able to have our babies on the same day. Wow. That's incredible. So was that planned? Did you both kind of plan a, a C-section on the same day? So we got our scans and we checked Seren. Seren was given birth by Jenny and he was literally off the scale. They couldn't weigh him past four kilos. And so our doctor recommended Jenny have a C-section because he had a big head as well. I don't want to have a C-section if I don't have to. I'd rather have a natural labour. So our doctor at the private hospital was like, we can do that. How about we wait until Jenny's 39 weeks pregnant and you're 38 and then we can book you in on the C-section and induce you the night before. Jenny, don't go into labour now. So for 10 days, we didn't leave the house. We just didn't move. We had our own little lockdown. We checked into the hospital on the 26th of April. We got our scans done at midnight. They put a, something in my cervix to start my labour. Then I went to sleep. They were, I woke up in the morning. They checked how much I was dilated. On the 27th, Jenny was booked for a caesarean at 3pm. And then 12 o'clock noon, they broke my waters. And so I was just waiting to basically get dilated. And the same doctor, she helped Jenny do her c-section at 4 p.m and then at 5 30 i gave birth to rowan i had a quick wow. delivery he was he was a great great little guy oh that's some serious scheduling going on there i uh <laughs> <laughs> in the private hospital were they more accommodating to your family and they, they understood were, and they did we um we spoke to the doctor the first appointment we had that was a, that was a bit hard because i had to make an appointment for jenny and me and the lady on the phone was like why do you need two appointments for two people and then so that that was the only obstacle that i had the first appointment that i had to make there but once i said oh we're both pregnant and we both want to do it and they didn't ask any more questions we saw our doctor we're in a same-sex couple we got pregnant through iui we, we're both pregnant help us out she's like sure no problem and she didn't even take in like a breath or like bat her eyes or anything. It was nothing. It was just like, this is just information being given to me. And the nurses were great. So when we checked in on the 26th of April, the nurses addressed Jenny as my friend, saying, oh, your friend's in the other room. And I politely corrected them. And then the four, five days we were at the hospital, they referred to us as, as, as oh, your wife is in this room or your wife's gone here. And, and that was really nice. That's nice. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I want to ask you about the experience of being pregnant together, but just while we're talking about the birth, um, were you able to kind of support each other during the birth as it was happening at the same time? mm, So because I was induced at noon, Jenny's C-section was uh, scheduled at 3pm, so for three hours she could stay with me, I couldn't Mm. go anywhere, so she stayed with me when I got my epidural done. And then we didn't see each other until... Because we had a room together. That was the other thing. Like, we just had a private room, just me and her. And so I got back into the room at, like, half six. So an hour later. Okay, right. And so just to kind of backtrack a bit, the experience of being pregnant, that's so interesting that you were both pregnant at the same time. How did that kind of work for you guys? Were you... Were you both sort of similarly pregnant? Did you have very different experiences? Was one of you more needy than the other? How were you able to support each other and have your own experience of being pregnant mm-hmm. as well? It was amazing being pregnant together. It was the best, absolute best. We had similar pregnancies in the beginning. We both didn't suffer any morning sickness. We didn't have swelling, the pains, none of that. We were not needy. We were just our normal selves. It couldn't be like, oh, can you go get me a cup of tea? I'm pregnant or anything. We couldn't use that line on each other. It was, honestly, it was the best. I I would do it again. Jenny doesn't want to have any more kids. I would just be pregnant again just to have that second trimester and to be pregnant with her because it was just another bonding experience for our relationship if I ever get pregnant again I had a great pregnancy I love being pregnant it was just so nice to hear and like you say what a what a wonderful bonding experience as well I've never heard of of going through it at the exactly the same time Um, yeah you're the first person I've met I'm surprised in a way I I suppose the thing put Putting people off is just thinking it's going to be a lot logistically, emotionally, all of those mm. things that you're kind of doubling mm. that. But in a way, it does make it makes perfect sense. One thing I was wondering about was the sort of emotional side of it when you were pregnant of like, as I know, when my wife was pregnant, I was so invested in in her and that and our child growing in her. And that was like the real focus. Did you feel that when you because you were both pregnant, it made you so focused just on yourself and your growing bump that it was harder to connect with the with the growing child in your partner yeah I think we would I don't know it's a bit of a tough one I think it was we were of course invested in the other 
but emotionally it was it was okay it wasn't nothing like I don't not I not like I don't feel anything for Seren that was who was carried by Jenny it was just um once he came into the world and I saw him and I held him that's when my bond started when we were pregnant I didn't I did connect with him that he's my son but then I also had another one growing in me Hmm. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it does make sense. And and what about now with the with the babies? Do you feel and I think I I anticipate what your answer to this is going to be, but do you feel that 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 one's mine and that one's mine or is are you just one big family? We did in the beginning. It was not like oh he's mine, he's yours. We just naturally gravitated. Like when one was crying, it was just subconsciously I would go if Rowan was crying, I'd go pick him up, and then if Sarah was crying, Jenny would go subconsciously, and then we had to have a talk, and we like, hey, I think we're we're focusing too much on the one that we gave birth to. Let's make a conscious effort. That was in the beginning, the first three months, um, and we were just in our. We were, I don't know. It was a very dark time. Those first three months were a very dark time for us. So. In order for us to be able to have that conversation on top of with everything else that's going on, credit to us because we're like, okay, with everything else that we're also focusing, I'm not being able to physically bond with uh, Sarah and Jenny's not being able to physically bond with Rowan. But the good thing is we were both able to breastfeed. So when I was breastfeeding Sarah, then I was able to bond more with him and I felt a, a, more of attachment as days gone on. And then when Jenny was able to breastfeed Rowan, and that that's amazing helped. of course I hadn't even considered that but mm. yeah how brilliant god mm. you're really making me that's think be- that this might be a good idea now <laughs> it's really beautiful and just to clarify as well Sandeep was it quite a dark time because of the coronavirus pandemic and being in lockdown um, over in Hong Kong no it wasn't no the virus here it, it was bad because we the, the, the worst time for us was January and February and then because in 2003 SARS hit Hong Kong and then since 2003 everyone has been super vigilant about hand sanitizing, wearing masks when you're sick. So it wasn't because of that. I think our hormones were just everywhere. I am a, a very emotional person and it just, you just don't know, you just get dumped with loads of hormones and they just go and we both were just crying all the time. My mum was going to visit in May and then my father-in-law was going to visit in June and we were really counting on them to come because it's just Jenny and I raising two kids. And with so, the hormones that you say that you've both, mm. with the hormones that you're both experiencing at the same time and not having somebody else who's not gone through that hormonal experience. Yeah, we struggled. The first week we got back from the hospital, we struggled so much to do it that we had to hire, we hired a night nanny to come who to help us at night. We just couldn't physically do it. It was just emotionally and physically really really tough and we're so lucky that we've got the resources that we were able to hire a night nanny and she was able to come in and help us out during the nights and that was just a blessing an absolute blessing because it enabled us to be able to enjoy our babies more because it got Mm. to a point honestly it was like did we make the right decision was was this right Mm. for us to do it thankfully we're seven months in and it was it was totally the right decision yeah I think it's so so good that you recognize that you needed help I feel like so often parents just shoulder it all and just think that you've just got to power through and it's some sort of failure if you 
if you ask for help and or like a test know, just it's destructive yeah exactly like it's a test that you've got to pass but it's not yeah. you've just got to take what you need and when you hired the night nanny was it that something that you had to kind of consider having somebody in your home such an intimate time how could you be sure um, that that person was going to appreciate your family dynamic yeah we went so we looked at a couple of uh, nanny services and we found this one that was uh, ran, ran by an australian guy and we wanted a western touch we wanted someone that understands our needs a little bit more and we didn't mind somebody coming in to our space and so and just sort of talking a bit about your experience of being um out and about with the babies now in hong kong are, are there any anecdotes you can share with us so something that's actually irking me right now is when we go out we we just walk around our neighborhood um and we take the pram with us so there's a double pram so automatically everybody assumes that they're twins and in the beginning, we just said yes to brush it off. But um, I don't know, these past couple of weeks now, it's niggling at me because they're not twins. And I don't know what my answer is to them when they say mm. twins because mm. the short answer is just yes and just get on with it. But I feel like I'm... Um, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice of not telling them the truth because I could, like not blow their minds for lack of a better word but I could just like teach them like oh we're they're not twins they're brothers we both carried we're married and then maybe they'll remember that and they'll go on in their day and be like oh I met two mums today and they've got two kids I'm not able to teach them that when I'm saying yes to their twins so that's been irking me and that's something that's bothering me and I'm trying to like figure out mm. what to do I think do. it's and something that a lot of yeah, yeah that we all relate to those moments I know Stu and I we've yeah. had those moments where you're like is this the moment that I explain the nuances of my family or is this just the time that I say haha yes we're friends fine yeah okay and, but I do think better. I do think that as the kids get older and Stu maybe has more experience of this with slightly older kids is that then when the kids can understand and somebody's saying something that's not true about their family then I feel like you really have a responsibility, right? Yeah, when you get, you know, when you get somebody asking about, you know, oh, is mummy at home? Or, you know, is, is mummy, mummy's having a day off while daddy's taking you out? It's it's that moment where you can see my five-year-old looking at me and you're like, right, okay, I need to explain this in a way that not only that she can understand, but also how I'm educating this person and telling them the truth and be honest about our family it's interesting it's really it, it, it and it's those moments when you least expect it when you're out you're not thinking about it because you're not spending every single minute of every day thinking i'm a queer parent and this is our dynamic you're just getting on being a parent so it, it kind of hits you at the time when you least expect it which is i think when you then are sometimes a bit flummoxed but i can understand how you know it's, it's also being empathetic to, I suppose, the person that's asking, right? Because I suppose for them, seeing two two gorgeous little boys in a double buggy together would assume that they are twins. And there's no, I suppose, malicious reason for that. Yeah, like I said, where we live is predominantly very Chinese. So there's not that many expats, foreigners here. So it's there's also people saying twins in Cantonese. 
and my Cantonese is not that good yet to be able to say no they are two brothers they are brothers so I'm trying to brush up on that here where we live is they're just so excited to see them and to see two foreigners and they just say twins and then just walk away and it, it, and I don't have enough time to like be like no 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 and <laughs> come just, back yeah, come back right <laughs> obviously pandemic and traveling and coronavirus aside um I know you talked earlier when we were talking to you about your your story about how you used to travel to India a lot have you got plans to to hopefully when travel is back open do you plan to take the boys to India and 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 have you anticipated what extended families point of view would be etc that's a good question yes I do want to take them to India I love it I absolutely loved going, I loved visiting, I loved visiting my mum's family there. However, it will be hard because my mum, how, how she's explained my relationship with Jenny to her brothers and sisters is we are with literally a translation from Punjabi is their friends that are each other's supporters. So whenever I talk to my cousins in England, in India, they're like, oh, how's your friend doing? That's how they address us. What would your advice be to women listening, contemplating, um, doing what you did and, and having babies at the same time? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don't stress over finding a donor. And it was just a no point. No point. I mean, the donor has some Indian, some Caucasian, whatever. These babies are ours. And depends what kind of personality you have and your your partner has. Can you do it? Like we are so opposite, and it was just a great decision because we're not very similar at all. And your relationship will just go from one level to another. And I'm sure you guys know being with your partners, being parents, it just takes you somewhere else, and you just elevate. You just become so strong. Your bond and. I love it. I'll do it again. We've got one more vial of sperm left. I'm telling Jenny, I was like, let's have a third one. She's not having it. <laughs> Sounds no. like you might be on your own this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sandeep, and have a brilliant Thank day you. with your family in Hong Kong. Most welcome, guys. Thank you so much to Sandeep for joining us uh, on today's episode. And thank you, listener, for, well, listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can send us a DM on social media you can find us on twitter and instagram at some families pod or you can write us an email if you've got your own story to tell us or something lengthy that you'd like to share with us some families at storyhunter.co.uk we also have our website www.somefamiliespod.com where you can find all transcripts and all our past episodes as well We'll be back next week. So until then, goodbye from me. Ta-ta. Goodbye. This episode was produced and edited by Hattie Moyer. Some Families is a Story Hunter production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.